0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Raw Prospect Podcast. My name is Emmy Nixon. Today is Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. I'm recording episode 120. Um, it's NFL predictions episode. Like, our entire slate has already been predicted game by game, team by team. We're going to go through it all. Um, but joining me from... Austin, Texas, the stat king himself, Mr. Michael Wink. What's up?
1: Fans of the Raw Prospect Podcast, fans of football everywhere, my co-host, Emmy Nixon, and everyone who loves football, I can't believe we've made it, but we are now less than 24 hours away from the kickoff of the NFL regular season. We've had preseason Now we get the regular season, and tomorrow we get an absolutely fantastic game to kick it off. Bills and Rams, we're talking about possibly one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl, not only in the AFC, but in the entire NFL in the Buffalo Bills, who came up short last year. Um, And then the defending Super Bowl champion, the Los Angeles Rams, starting to defend their Super Bowl from last year. So we're going to get into all our predictions today, uh, but it, we're now in full swing, man. Uh, we're about we're pretty much done uh, with all the talk, all the preseason talk, all the previews, all that stuff, and now we're jumping right into the season. Um, so be sure that you like, like this video, subscribe to our channel, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, and wherever else you may listen or watch. Your podcast, <coughs> Excuse me, your podcast. So with that, we're going to start in the NFC, uh, and we'll move right along division by division. Then we'll move to the AFC.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, we're going to start with the NFC South, because that was one of the divisions we didn't get to in our division previews. Um, so, Michael, do you want to go ahead and start us off?
1: Yeah, so I think – We'll just popcorn this. I'll give you my layout for the NFC South real fast and then you can give your layout and then we'll go a little bit in depth on why we had such layout. So coming in first place, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 12 and five, four and two um, in their division. Uh, I have the New Orleans Saints coming in second at 10 and seven. really like some of the things the Saints did this offseason. And at the end of the day, I do think that Jameis Winston, with the weapons that he has, uh, will have a pretty good season. Uh, I have the Panthers in third at 6-11, and 2-4 in the division. And call me crazy on this, <coughs> but I have the Falcons in last at 2-15, last place in the division. All
0: right. Well, for me, I had uh, pretty similar. I had the Bucks at thirteen and four, first in the division. Um, Tom Brady coming back. You know, that team is still the favorite uh, for good reason. Um, second, I have the New Orleans Saints at eleven and six. Third, I have the Carolina Panthers at seven and ten, and then. Bringing it up the rear, I have the Atlanta Falcons at two and fifteen and zero and six in the division. Um, I don't have a particular reason for what what like going zero and six in the division. I just I wanted to more so get the prediction of the record right uh, more so than getting the game by game predictions right. So that's just how it happened to lay out for me, um, but. Um, Go ahead and and just give your reasoning for um, why you had it the way you had
1: it. Well, I think the Buccaneers, they lost some pieces in the offseason. You know, their starting uh, center, uh, all-pro center, Ryan Jensen goes down and training camp, he's out for the season. But at the end of the day, that offensive line with some of the veteran pieces that they have, it's still good enough, uh, in in my opinion. Uh, with Brady, we cannot doubt him. That's one rule that we have on this podcast. Do not doubt the GOAT, Tom Brady. It, it, it does concern me a little bit that, <clears throat> I mean, always when you get a new head coach, it does concern you a little bit going from an offensive head coach to a defensive head coach. But I think Todd Bowles, with his experience with the GOAT at quarterback, you still have Mike Evans. You still have Scotty Miller. You still are going to eventually get back. <coughs> um, God, Chris, Godwin. Chris, Godwin, Chris Godwin, Russell, Russell Gage and others. Uh, Cameron Bray is a fantastic tight end. I don't think he gets enough credit. Uh, and then the defensive front, as we know, is nasty. Vita Bay in the middle, being able to stop the run. Uh, Shaq Barrett, um, dominant pass rusher, along with um, Devin White, Levante David, and others. And then the back end, I think, with the front seven, with guys like Antoine Winfield, Logan Ryan, a veteran safety, (coughs) Carlton Davis, and Jamal Dean. I mean, this roster, there are not a lot of holes on this roster. They're going to be able to run the football. And when Tom Brady's your quarterback, you have by far the most proven best quarterback in this division. I think that's a theme you're going to see this episode, best quarterbacks winning these divisions, and the Buccaneers will win this division. Now, the Saints are a very interesting team. Um, they, of course, have Michael Thomas coming back. They have Alvin Kamara. They have some other weapons. The defense has always been solid. Uh, you, have, you promoted your defensive coordinator to <coughs> – two head coach, so you have two actually two defensive coaches right now at the top of this division. But I do think the Saints, as it, for me, it all comes down to James Winston. And for me, I feel like he's going to have a good season as long as we see some of the things that we saw early last season where he's making good decisions and not turning the ball over. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to be a good team. The Panthers, <coughs> this is a big year for Matt Rule. But ultimately – they have a lot of tough games on their schedule. I know Baker Mayfield is starting at quarterback, but I don't know. I just don't really see it. It's unfortunate. And then the Falcons, uh, they're really in a rebuild. And I think if you want to make this rebuild go the way you want, like you shouldn't be wanting to win a lot of games. So whether it's 1-16, 2-15, maybe you get the first pick in the draft. I think that's where you want to be. Uh, if you're a franchise in the Falcons' position. Um, Say that again? Sorry. Oh, I was just talking about how the Falcons – I mean, you look, you draft Desmond Ritter, you have Marcus Mariota. uh, But for the Falcons, it really wouldn't make sense to (coughs) try to win, like – games because I think it's more important right now for the Falcons that they look for that long-term solution, at quarterback. But I think it's a hard balance because if Mariota struggles early and this team is, you know, 0-6, 0-7, and and they decide to put Desmond Ritter in uh, and then they start winning games, well, then you're knocking yourself out of, you know, a good draft position. Uh, You might just be in that, I don't know, it's a tough situation for the Falcons to be in, in my opinion. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Um, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, I'll just I'll just run through their division from the top as well, but I'll just add on to your point real quick on the Falcons. Um, I mean, you're exactly right. It's just how long of a leash does Marcus Mariota have, and if they are losing and He's playing well while they're losing. Will they still let him keep playing? Um, And, you know, obviously they don't want to have to, like, you know, warp their expectations too high to where, you know, they're expecting wins when really this roster is not at that point to where they should be expecting wins. Um, So I think um, the best case scenario is they let Marcus Mariota play out the year. Um, and hopefully he stays healthy as well. That's another key point with Marcus Mariota. Um, but I'll get into all that uh, later when I cover the Falcons and once I go through the division here, um, starting with the Bucks. Um, I liked everything you pointed out with the defense, especially. Um, I think the front seven is getting overlooked a little bit with the loss of well, loss. He's a free agent still. He could still come back. Uh, the loss of Indom Kinsu. Um, but, you know, they still have, you know, a fantastic front seven, and they also have youth within that front seven as well. That's the, uh, they also have that defensive end they drafted in the first round of last year's draft. Um, I believe he, his name is Joe Tryon, I think. Um, but, Anyway, just that front seven is definitely getting overlooked. And then obviously on the back end, you have um, Mel Dean, who you just gave that big contract to. Um, so for me, the with the Bucks, the worst case scenario is if you know they have major injuries because that depth, you know, as the years go on with this you know contending era of Bucks football, um, that depth is going to start to. Uh, diminish a little bit as more and more contracts are given out. So that's the one question I have with the Bucks, um, And then the Saints, um, I'm someone who was extremely high on the Saints before uh, the last two weeks happened. Um, if you didn't know already, um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, was traded to the Eagles uh, about a week and a half ago. Um, he was a key player in that secondary Um, one of the most underrated slot corners in the NFL uh, with the versatility to be able to play safety in different points as well. Um, And then of course you have the whole situation with Marcus May. We don't really know what's going to happen with that. Um, I believe, I think he was, I think it was a DUI situation. Um, So there's going to be some type of punishment given out there possibly. So, I'm not quite as high as on the saints defense as I was a couple weeks ago, but I still think this roster is fantastic with all the moves they made. Um, And I'm really high on this receiving core as well. I think this is the best receiving core the saints have had um, in quite a while. Um, So hopefully with the, with bringing back, Michael Thomas, you know, a, the injection of a possession receiver like Jarvis Landry, and as well as the youth of a rookie like Chris Olave, picked 11th overall. I think that'll really help bring more explosiveness to the offense as well. Um, and then the Panthers, um, I had them at I had them at seven and ten. Um, I just I think the limitations of the roster will catch up to them. They have a defense that. Um, has high upsides week to week. I think they'll have games where they look great. I think they'll have games where they look eh, you know. Um, And um, I think ultimately uh, where the offensive line is at is going to be what holds them back. I think Baker will have a good year. I think um, ultimately he's going to be able to play well enough to earn the trust of the organization. It's just whether or not – the organization chooses to move on with the coach you mentioned earlier, Matt Rule. It's a big year for him, as you mentioned. Um, and then the Falcons. Um, I touched on it earlier. It's um, it's probably the most questionable quarterback situation in the league, um, right up there with probably Seattle, I'd say. Um, but Marcus Mariota, you know, has shown good things in the preseason. Uh, But I just question, you know, the amount of weapons they have, you know, will they be able to run the ball? Their offensive line, I think is average, uh, but they do have holes at certain spots within the interior of that O-line. So my question with the Falcons is, will they be able to do any particular one thing good enough to be able to not only be competitive, but in order to win games and, and for me, ultimately, when predicting, um, the answer was no. So that's why I had the Falcons at 2 at 15
1: Yeah, I think we agree for the most part there. A uh, little differentiation in the records there, but I think we agree on the hierarchy of the NFC South. Um, for me, right. it came down to some weird tiebreakers, um, but the – only team I had making the playoffs from this division was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I had the Saints barely missing out uh, at ten and seven.
0: Interesting. Okay. Well, for me, I had both the Bucks and the Saints making the playoffs. Um, I actually had the Saints in the five seed. Like I said, I'm I'm very high on the Saints, um, and I also just think um, um, the NFC. Wildcard picture is pretty wide open, um, what, which is what I'm going to be referring to a bit later once we get into our bracket. Uh, but with that, um, I guess I'll just uh, run through the records again, and then we'll move on. Um, I had the Bucks at 13-4, Saints at 11-6, Carolina Panthers at 7-10, and,
1: and Atlanta Falcons at 2-15. Yeah, I had the Bucks at twelve and five, the Saints at ten and seven, uh, the Panthers at six and eleven, and the uh, Falcons at two and fifteen. All right. Okay.
0: Um, now we can move on to our next division. Um,
1: you want to do the NFC North next? Yeah, let's do the NFC North. All right. So, real fast in the NFC North, I have the Packers. At 12 and 5, winning the division, barely edging out the Vikings at 11 and 6. Uh, I have the Lions, who we've spoken about a lot so far this offseason, at 7 and 10. Massive improvement there for the Lions coming in third in the division. Uh, and then I actually have the Bears uh, at 3 and 14.
0: Okay, so almost the exact same records for all four teams. Um for me I had the Packers at 12 and 5 as well. Vikings at 10 and 7 also. Um, and then the Lions at 7 and 10 also. Uh, but then I had the Bears at 4 and 13. Um, so pretty similar there. Um, I'll, just, I'll just run through my analysis real quick. Uh, for me, the Packers, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of questions going on about this receiving core and what it might mean for the, you know consistency and explosiveness of their offense um but for me personally um i value you know differentiating skill sets within receiving course and what that means is you know i want you know a possession receiver you know a a deep ball threat um whatever the case may be and then you know probably just like my number one x receiver like I want you know a differentiating, you know, amount of roles that can be filled within my receiving core. Um, I think that's how you get you know the most out of uh, a receiving core that may not have you know the guy so necessarily. Um, so I think that's where I'm at with the Packers. I think um, it'll take time for those rookies to fit into those you know archetypes. But I think eventually you know, by week five and six, possibly, I think you'll start to see you know Romeo Dov, Christian Watson, um, and all those guys start to fit into those roles. Um, and then the Vikings, I had a 10 and seven just barely creeping into the playoffs into the seventh seed. Um, for me, uh, with the Vikings, it was all about, you know managing whether I thought the their close game luck, would shift. And I, I think it will. Um, I think with the coaching changes they made and also um, the way those coaching changes fit into the personnel they have are going to pay dividends in those close games. Um, as we talked about a lot last year, the Vikings were in the lead in a lot of games. Um, they were extremely competitive for a team that missed the playoffs. Um, so I think
1: with the changes they
0: made, I think they're gonna be able to win out in a couple of those close games that they weren't able to last year and be able to make the playoffs. And I'm expecting big things from the offense. I'm not particularly high on the defense right now. You know, they could prove me wrong with the, you know, uh re uh readmittance, I guess, of Daniel Hunter back into the lineup um after, you know, a long, you know, recovery process from his injury. Um, but I think it's they're going to be a offensive team, uh, first and foremost. And then the, the Lions, um, I think the Lions, the question for me was, will the roster talent be able to catch up to uh, what was a very well-coached team last year? Um, and for me, ultimately, the answer was kind of. Um, I think in certain parts of this roster, it will look fantastic. I think a lot of you'll see a lot of young guys come into their own. Um, I really like the outlook on guy like Amon St. Brown in their receiving core, you know, bringing in with the in <coughs> as well in their receiving core. And, of course, um, being able to bring back uh, their Receiver they drafted uh, blanking on his name Um, out of Alabama the guy that got injured help me out here Uh, Jalen Williams I think
1: oh yeah um, shoot um, y'all know who I'm talking about the the speed Jameson Williams Jameson Williams
0: there it is thank you Um, bring him back into the lineup will also bring another explosive element. So ultimately, I think they're just going to be an extremely competitive team. I think they'll probably lose a few close games here and there, but I think it'll be um, overwhelmingly positive for the Lions this season. Um, and then the Bears, um, not much really to say here. I just don't think their roster is up to par, um, and I think that's by design. I think they're they're willing to go through this rebuilding process. Um, I just hope that, you know, we can see some, you know, strides made by Justin Fields, um, hopefully. Um, but I'm a little bit skeptical on that as well because of what's around it. But, um,
1: yeah, go ahead and give what you thought about the division. Yeah, I think um, I can just sort of build off what you said because I think we agree on what's – ultimately going to play out within this division. I do think you have two uh, playoff caliber teams, the Packers for sure with what they have on defense. <clears throat> I've expressed my pessimism for what they have at the receiver position, you know, losing Devonte Adams is a big deal, obviously. Uh, but when you think about number one, what Matt LaFleur is able to draw up and how he is, been able to, even without Devonte Adams, I think Rodgers is almost undefeated um, if I remember correctly. He's like 7-0, and 7-1 without Devontae Adams. Uh, so while it may take time, I do like what they ultimately have. And you mentioned the differentiation of skill sets. I thought that was a fantastic point. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you sort of have the veteran in Randall Cobb, the you know, the experienced guy, the leader within this group, um, the possession receiver. You have, uh, of course, the young rookie in Christian Watson who can do a lot of different things, has blinding speed. Uh, You have another guy who's sort of like a hybrid in Alan Lazard. (coughs) And then you have Amari Rogers who was drafted last year out of Clemson, and I'm excited to see what he could possibly provide this offense as well. Um, So you have a lot of different things going for you. Um, I do think there are going to be some growing pains at times, but you have Aaron Rodgers, the two-time back-to-back reigning MVP of the league. (coughs) You have a great running game. Uh, You're getting David Bakhtiari back on that offensive line. Uh, And with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, that one-two punch, I mean, you can't find much better. Uh, So I think you're going to see a little bit more of a run-centric offense uh, and using those receivers where they need them, and I think Matt LaFleur is good enough of an offensive head coach to get the to put these guys in positions to win with a Hall of Fame quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who until shows otherwise is not showing any signs of decline anytime soon. And this defense, I mean, as good as the front seven is, and I know that they lost to Darius Smith, but, I mean, Rashawn Gary, uh, uh, Preston Smith, Quay uh, Walker, Devontae Campbell, Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, and the guy that they drafted, Devontae De- 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 uh, Wyatt out of Georgia, who I think is going to make an impact uh, right away on that interior defensive line, sort of the more versatile type. As good as this defensive front is, and it's really good, I think the strength of their defense, to be honest with you, is their secondary Uh uh, Jair Alexander, he's coming back the top graded corner from 2020, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. <laughs> he's coming back healthy. Um, Rasul Douglas, really underrated the year last year, five interceptions, a uh, veteran guy who knows what to do, knows his role within this, within this uh, defense. Uh I believe he had two or three pick sixes last year, if I read that correctly. Um, and then – uh a, a good safety combo in Adrian Amos, a uh, reliable steady pro who does everything well, uh, and Darnell Savage. With a shutdown corner like Jair Alexander, this pass rush even without Cedarius uh, Smith, uh, and a Hall of Fame quarterback with an offensive head coach, a great running game, with a stable of good running backs, and some young receivers with a differentiated differentiation of skill sets even though I still have my questions about what they're going to get from the receiver position this without a doubt to me is top to bottom a little bit better of a roster than what the Vikings have now let me talk about Minnesota for a minute Um, the point you brought up about close games um, and I think I brought up this stat when we did our NFC North episode Minnesota went two and five in games decided by four points or less in last year. Um, and I do think that tide is going to change this year. Um, and I do think in today's NFL, this team checks a lot of the boxes that you need to check uh, to be a viable, not only a viable team, but a playoff contender and possibly a Super Bowl contender. I'm not calling them a Super Bowl contender, but they have some of the some of the things that you'd look for in today's NFL. First of all, a veteran quarterback in Kirk Cousins. Um, Solid. You know what you're going to get, basically, on a week-to-week basis. Uh, The question is, can he do it (coughs) on the primetime stage in the biggest games? Uh, But he's good enough to get you to the playoffs and possibly win a game or two, uh, in my opinion. You have Dalvin Cook. Uh, who in Alexander Madison at the running back position? Good running game as we saw last year. An offensive line that's gotten better. And in this receiving corps, uh, you have a bunch of weapons Irv Smith, the tight end, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, um, some other guys in there as well. This offense with the running game and <coughs> an elite receiver. Uh, elite receiving corps with a solid quarterback, and, and now an offensive head coach who will hopefully work better with Kirk Cousins. Yes, this is going to be an offensive-centric team. With the moves that they made on defense, bringing in a veteran at the linebacker position with Jordan Hicks, I think that's a very underrated move. Uh, obviously, you get Daniel Hunter back, who had 14 and a half sacks, uh, 2019 and 2020. So if he comes back healthy, along with Darius Smith. There you go. You have a pass rush. Uh, That's another box that you check. The secondary is young, um, but I do think Harrison Smith, the veteran guy, (coughs) uh, and I'm expecting big things from a guy like Lewis Seen, the safety. So I do think, along with Andrew Booth, the guy they drafted out of Clemson, uh, and some other guys that they have, I think you can make it work. Uh, The defense, I think with this offense – uh, some weeks is not gonna have to be perfect. Um and I just think the Vikings, whether it's ten and seven or eleven and six, they're gonna be they're gonna be in a wild card spot. I think the the offense with a guy like Kevin O'Connell will be too good. Uh and obviously they upgraded their pass rush <laughs> and that's something in some ways that they've sort of been inconsistent. Uh with not only last year, but in years past. Uh, and then the Lions, I mean, I don't really need to expand upon what you said. They're As we saw at the end of last year, they're a well-coached team. Uh, <laughs> they have a good running game, great offensive line. Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown is an absolute witch at wide receiver. Uh, and they have some young pieces on that defense. Uh, so just from... You know the physicality of the team, to Dan Campbell, the desperation to win. What I saw last year, I think they're gonna sneak up on, <coughs> sneak up on some people and win some games. And then the Bears. I'm really rooting for Justin Fields, but you don't have much all around him at all. I mean, Darnell Moody is a nice guy, is a nice receiver, but is he a, a bona fide number one? You lose Allen Robinson you have a fine running game but the offensive line is still not great in pass protection and the defense I mean it's always been fine but in today's NFL you can no longer win with just defense 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 you have to have something going for you on offense and there are no special there's no special in the offense right now um so yeah that's basically what I think about the nsc more
0: yeah um one thing i will um add before we move on is don't completely count out the vikings in terms of winning this division uh, if everything goes right and obviously <laughs> a lot has to go right um in terms of you know winning the division with you know the bad man aaron Rodgers in it um but it could happen, you know, this offense is really explosive. And I think that to me is enough to be able to keep them in games. Um, and you'll have a chance to win every week, um, with, you know, that foundation on offense with all those weapons, with all those explosive plays. Um, so keep an eye on the Vikings. Um, that's a team that I will be watching closely and I'm sure you will be too. Um, uh, and definitely, definitely don't underestimate them. I think they'll be making noises this year. Um, but that's the end for the NFC North. Um, now we will move east. Um, and this is where my predictions get a little bit spicy. Um, as you know, I am a Cowboys fan. Um, but I think you'll find that my predictions will be quite surprising. Um from coming from a Cowboys fan, so let me just get into it. I have the Eagles winning the division at eleven and six. I have the Cowboys missing playoffs at eight and nine, um, and then I have the Washington Commanders at seven and ten. Then the Giants at four and thirteen. Let me just run through it real quick. Um, the Eagles, I'm, I'm extremely high on the Eagles. Um, I think. Their schedule works out well for them. I think the way this team is built, they match up well with the Cowboys, um, and that's their main competition for the division, as you know. Um, And I really do think this team, you know, if Jalen (coughs) Hurts takes a step, will be, you know, a legitimate playoff threat. I wouldn't say – contender or anything like that yet but I would say threat for sure Um, and this roster is completely loaded Um, the addition of AJ Brown in the receiving core a receiver that a lot of people are forgetting who I was extremely high on coming out of the draft a former Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith coming back in his second year could have a huge year as well Um, a tight end that I really really like Dallas Goddard Super athletic, super explosive. Um, And then, you know, a solid possession receiver like Quez Watkins uh, rounding out that receiving core to add that diversified (laughs) skill set, like I mentioned before. Um, And then this defense. Um, Like I mentioned earlier in the NFC South segment, they traded for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, a fantastic (laughs) spot corner. And then you have – uh, Darius Slay on the outside um, at one corner slot. And then you have, um, I believe it's currently Sidney Jones, but I would have to double check on that. Um, and then the that is without even mentioning their front seven. The front seven is the real, you know, force in this defense, in my opinion. Um, the kid you drafted in Jordan Davis going to be an absolute beast. Um, you know, just causing havoc in the middle of defense, and that's so important. Um, and then drafting uh, linebacker uh, uh, out of Georgia, small guy, super. The like, Kobe Dean? Tackle machine. Yep, Nicobe Dean. Uh, drafting Nicobi Dean in the third round, huge deal there. Um, and then you have, uh, I'm blanking on names today, guys, but their front seven is absolutely loaded. Trust me. I did my homework on this. I just don't have the names in front of me. Um, yeah. Point is I'm super high on the Eagles and I think in, it all comes down to Jalen Hurts. And ultimately, I just, I just have a lot of faith in what Jalen Hurts can do. Even as a Cowboys fan, I just... I don't know how you could really hate on Jalen Hurts, man. I don't, I don't know how you could hate Jalen Hurts. He's just a fantastic leader, which also plays into this as well. And also just he he has shown to improve his mechanics in his game every single year, and I expect that to continue. Um, and now to what you all have been probably asking about, um, the Dallas Cowboys. Why do I have them at 8 and 9? Um, to me, it comes down to their schedule. I think you know you come out early. You have two home games against two Super Bowl contenders, um, teams that have been in the Super Bowl the last two out the last three years, um, in the Bucks and the Bengals, um, and you very likely could start out zero and two, which really could put you in a hole there, which you know you can recover from, but it would be very difficult. Um, and then, you know, the, you have a couple division games where you can bounce back a little bit. Um, and then you have the Rams and the Eagles back to back on the road, um, traveling from coast to coast as well, which definitely plays a part in this as well. Um, and then you have the Lions, a team that is feisty and could catch you sleeping if you're not careful. Um, and then the Bears, that's a winnable game. Um, the Packers, that's always tough, playing in Lambeau Field. Um, and then the Vikings. So I Overall, I just think, um, just to put it simply, I don't have to go through this entire schedule here, their tough games are mostly um, at home early, but in the middle of that schedule, it's just a gauntlet of tough road games. Um, and I think that's gonna be really tough to handle. I think, you know, there's a good chance they get through all that because I you know, I do have faith in Dak. I you know I I really do think Dak is, you know, a top ten quarterback any given week. He's very consistent, um, most of the time. Um but I think the roster has holes. Um I think um it's worth mentioning that this team got worse. I think um, the difference is going to be clear once the season begins and the depth, those depth pieces that really filled out the edges of the roster um, are not going to be there. Uh, so I, I just, I question a lot of things with this Cowboys team, just to put it simply. And then the, the commanders of the Giants, uh, commanders are the Middle team, they have roster talent, but so I don't think they're going to be going anywhere. Could be long, though. And the Giants, I, I mean, I, I do like Brian Abel, but uh, I think it's going to be a transition year for them. I think it's going to be time
1: to move on from Daniel Jones' ultimate. For me, I agree. Um, I actually have the Eagles winning the division 10-7. and seven. Uh, I The Cowboys, a game better than you predict. I have them finishing with the winning record, barely over 500, at 9-8. Ultimately, they miss out on the playoffs. Um, I have the Commanders at 6-11 and 11, and the Giants at 3-14. For me, I just have no belief in Daniel Jones um, right now. I have to see it to believe it. Haven't seen it yet. You've seen it in little flashes here and there. We know they have weapons offensively, but – To me, you know, with some of the injury issues you have (coughs) that have been reoccurring lately within that offense with some of those main pieces, the Saquon Barkley's of the world, um, you know, Kenny Galladay, who when when he was on the field was somewhat productive, but the problem was being on the field, and that's a big problem, I think, with a lot of the players on this Giants offense, just some inconsistency there. I do uh, think that Giants fans can take some solace in the fact that I really do like Brian Dable, And I think once he sees what he has in Daniel Jones um, and with some of the pieces that they drafted, um, I do think there's some young talent on this roster, no doubt. Uh, I do have faith in him long-term, but just not this year. I just don't think Daniel Jones is it. Uh, Sort of the same thing on the commanders. We said this in our NFC East episode. (coughs) Carson Wentz is a week-to-week quarterback. Sometimes one week he's going to give you, you know, an A, A A-plus game uh, because he has that talent. And other weeks it's just sort of in his nature to play reckless football. And I'm not sure whether it's Ron Rivera or whoever they have at offensive coordinator – whoever they have at the receiver position, even though that I love their first round draft pick and Jahan Dotson, uh, bringing in Curtis Samuel, having Terry McLaurin there and established number one. I like it. I like some of the pieces on the roster. Of course, you love the front seven, with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and others. Um, I do have questions. I need to see it from the linebacking core. Um, the secondary is sort of a mix and match. We'll see what happens. They have talent on the roster. There are some holes though. And Carson Wentz, he's a week to week guy. I just don't know what I'm getting. Week to week, could be six and eleven. It could be seven and ten. Who knows? It could surprise us with an eight and nine if they win some of those divisional games. But either way, I agree with you. They're sort of just. <coughs> in NFL purgatory right now. They're not really going anywhere. They're going to win some games, but they're not really going anywhere. Um, then I have the Cowboys at 9-8. and eight. Ultimately, for me, it just comes down to um, veteran head coach, established quarterback who we've seen do it on a consistent basis year in, year out for the most part aside from when he got hurt. Um I know there are some questions on the offensive line. I know some of the important guys are going to be out early. If I'm not mistaken, one of the receivers is it Michael Gallup that's going to be out for the first five-ish weeks of the season. Um, You know, they do have some injuries that they're dealing with, but love Micah Parsons on that defense. Still love the defensive front. Um, And I just think the Cowboys, with a veteran head coach, the most established quarterback in the division the most consistent quarterback in the division will find a way to win some of these divisional games and keep their heads above water um, you know at the end of the day finishing nine and eight but i can see where you're coming from from an 89 perspective and when we get to the afc uh some people might be surprised at what i have the steelers finishing but we'll get to that when it comes Uh, And then I have the Eagles 10-7, and a team that made the playoffs last year and just got better uh, at the end of the day. You need weapons. You get A.J. Brown. Um, You have the receivers. I think offensive line is good. They're really good up front, whether it's defensively or offensively, getting a guy like Jordan Davis, uh, an absolute monster. Um, and then the secondary, some of the moves that they made back there. I like that as well. Um, I had my doubts about Nick Sirianni last year, but he proved me wrong. And I think it's going to be hard. What they win last year, nine, 10 games. Um, I just think in today's NFL with still some inconsistency at quarterback, um, it's going to be hard to win more than like 10, 11 games, but you do have this division. Um, and I do think this roster is good enough, uh, <coughs> to win 10, 11 games, but I have them going 10 and seven, uh, with, I think the least amount of holes in their roster, uh, going into the season.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, I definitely, yeah, we're, we're pretty much on the same <coughs> way there. Um, I'm a little bit surprised. You're you're, um, kind of as low as me, nearly, on the Cowboys. Um, But I think, I mean, that says a lot about, you know, where that roster is at. Uh, But with that, um, we're going to move on here, guys. We're going to go ahead and move on to the last division in the NFC, the NFC West. Um, So for me, I had... The Rams coming out on top in the division at 10-7. and A uh, little bit of Super Bowl hangover. I'll get into that later. Um, and then I have the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> also at 10-7. and seven. Um, And then losing out from tiebreakers uh, against NFC foes. And then coming in third, I have the Cardinals at 8-9. And, and then the Seahawks at 3-14. and 14.
1: Interesting. I actually have the Rams at twelve and five, um, winning their division. I I'm high on the Niners. Uh, I'll get into this a little later, but eleven and six. Uh, I have the Cardinals sneaking into the last wild card spot at ten and seven, and then the Seahawks with all, arguably the worst quarterback situation in the league right now, and holes on that roster, going two and fifteen, finishing last in the division so I have three I have three teams from this division making the playoffs but why don't you go ahead and give your explanation
0: yeah um, okay so for the Rams I think you know coming off you know the Super Bowl um, I think you know getting off to a good start will be big for them I think they have the opportunity to but you have some division games early that will be pretty important. You have the 49ers in week four. Um, and obviously, um, the 49ers later on is going to be week eight. So both games within the first you know, half of the season um, with, with your main division rival there. Um, and for me, I just think – With the NFC West playing the AFC West, um, I think there's a lot of you know there's not a lot of room for error there. You got to be on it um, with against those teams in the AFC West. They're they're no joke over there, Um, and of course they also didn't luck out with you know their so-called 17th game with playing the Bills, um, another Super Bowl contender because um, they're not playing the AFC East this year. They just happened to get the bills. Yeah. as game. So I, I uh, question some things with their schedule. I think um, I also don't like what I'm hearing with from the uh, Rams camp about Matthew Stafford. I question that a little bit as well. Um, and I also just think, um, you know, I'd, it's hard to predict the injury part of things, but I think they did have a lot of injury luck last year. And their roster isn't as deep, to put it simply. You know, they lost a lot of key guys, like a guy like Darius Williams. You know, no. Guys like that who were key parts of this roster on, like, they were no. stars, so to speak. Um, Andrew Bigworth, their left tackle for so long, retired. Um, guys like that all around their roster, like, here and there, all uh, departed. So I think – some of that um contribution is going to be hard to replicate um so that's why i have a little bit of the downgrade but they still do when the um, and the 49ers for me it's just i think um i think i have them getting off a slow start uh, they do luck out uh, with you know, the schedule that they get you know, getting the bears and the seahawks early Hopefully, getting off to a two zero start like I have them at, um, but I just think um, I trust Kyle Shanahan to have the like the implied offense with Trey Lance in the lineup. I think he's gonna have stinker games. He's gonna have great games. I think it's just gonna be a mix of both. And I think um, if you're a 49ers fan, you got to get ready for a roller coaster ride. It's not gonna be, you know. I I could be wrong on this, but I don't think it's going to be a Mahomes situation or a Herbert situation where they go in there and, you know, break records. You know, I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be a little bit of tough sledding early. Um, And I think this defense is going to be absolutely incredible. So I think that's why I have them at 10 and seven. And then the Cardinals, it's pretty simple for me. Um, with the NFC West playing the AFC West, I have them going one in three against the AFC West um, uh, regardless of which game they win out of that. Um, it doesn't matter. I think they'll go one and three against the AFC West, regardless, that's three of their losses right there. Um, and then I have them going three and three against their division. Um, so there's six of their nine losses right there. Um, and then beyond that, it's, it's just hard to overcome that. Without, you know, games against, you know, their other games like against the middling, teams, you know, like the Saints and the Patriots, for example. You know, I don't think they particularly match up great right with those teams either. So um, that's why I have them at 8-9. and nine. Um, I could be wrong there, though. I wouldn't put it past Kyler Murray to, so, you know, pull some games out of the past. Um, that sounds weird, but, you know, <laughs> like, pull a rabbit out of a hat and win a game somehow. Like, that's that's just what he does. Um, but nevertheless, I still do have a lot of those questions. Um, and then the Seahawks, um, I, think, I think it's just lack of roster talent, questions at quarterback, combination of everything. Um, there's a chance that, you know. With them being a P. Carroll coach team, that they can, you know, eke out some, you know, like some games that they aren't necessarily supposed to win and maybe get to like five wins. But to me, that's their ceiling right around that range. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you want to do that if you're Seattle. To me, the best path for Seattle is right now you have two quarterbacks, which means you don't have one. Um, Drew Locke just isn't it I'm telling you right now He's just not Uh, And then Geno Smith Look he's won some games He's a veteran guy He knows the offense Uh, And he can make I mean he has NFL level arm talent He can make some of the throws that you see Other NFL quarterbacks make The question is What are you getting Can he do it consistently Drive to drive, quarter to quarter, game to game You have weapons at receiver, um, but (coughs) there are just too many holes uh, right now on that roster. And in this NFC with Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, even uh, Trey Lance uh, in their division, uh, and Kyler Murray, you're just not matching up with any of those teams at the quarterback position. Uh, And I do think I love Pete Carroll, but I do think eventually it might be time to move your separate ways. Uh, But we'll see what happens with that. (coughs) Um, I'll hop back up to the top and work my way down now. (coughs) Sorry about the cough. Um, For me, it's just all about a belief in Sean McVay. I know that they lost some key pieces, but to me, this Rams team still checks all the boxes you need to be, um, not only to win this division. I mean, say what you want. We still have our uncertainties with the Cardinals. We still have some questions with the Niners. Uh, I do think that at the end of the day with the offense that they have, I know they lose, um, Whitworth at the left tackle position, but we saw Joe Noteboom, a younger guy out of TCU, uh, step in last year and fill in nicely at that position. Um, It's not the best offensive line, but I think it's good enough. I'm not too worried uh, about (coughs) the Matt Stafford situation. I think they've got that worked out. Um, I think at the end of the day, with this running game with the healthy Cam Akers, uh, Daryl Henderson, Jr. Uh, Kyron Williams is a guy I really love out of Notre Dame who's going to give him some depth at that running back position. I'm telling you right now, he's a stud. Um, and then one of the best receivers in the game, Cooper Cup. You add Allen Robinson to this receiving core, uh, surrounded by Van Jefferson and others. Uh, and you have Tyler Higby, who's a fine tight end. I just think the offensive line is good enough. I've heard, you know, I have a little bit of concern about the Matt Stafford <coughs> injury. But at the end of the day, if he says he's all right with this running game, I think they'll be able to work through that. And as long as he stays healthy, to me, he's second or third best quarterback in this conference. Uh, and that alone, I think, on most Sundays with all these weapons. And Sean McVay, arguably the best coach in the conference, uh, will get the job done. Uh, and then on defense, they're still loaded. I know they lost Von Miller, um, but you can't keep everybody. You still have Aaron Donald, um, <coughs> Greg Gaines up front, along with Sean Robinson. Uh, look, say what you want about Bobby Wagner. His time came to it in Seattle but he's a veteran, only 31 years old, can still play. We've had questions about this linebacking core in the past, but you bring in a veteran like that, still very productive, 100 tackles in 10 straight seasons, not showing any signs of slowing down anytime soon. Plug him right into the middle of this defense with some of the younger linebackers that they have, uh, Ernest Jones, uh, Justin Hollins, and others. (coughs) I think he'll be able to help them. And then Leonard Floyd is still a solid veteran guy who can get after the quarterback. Um, And then the secondary, uh, you have a shutdown corner in Jalen Ramsey. um, You know, I love what Taylor Rapp, the versatility he gives you at safety. Uh, They use him a lot in the box in the running game. (laughs) Uh, In some of those – Heavier, you know, run packages, but they also—he's a guy who was very productive, and he has eight interceptions in three seasons. Um, and then, you know, Jordan Fuller's a guy who's coming back from injury, third-year guy, to, <coughs> out of Ohio State who has talent. Uh, Troy Hill, a veteran, uh, and then Darian Kendrick, a guy that they drafted out of Georgia from that historic defense. I think he'll be able to see the field early. Um, and he'll make an impact. To me, this is just too good of a roster up and down. Uh, whether it's, it might not be 12 and 5. I might be wrong on that. But I think they're going to win 11 or 12 games. Um, I do not think the NFC is, I mean, it's good. But I think the Rams, I don't know. I'm high on the Rams. Let's just say that. The Niners, I'm also really high on the Niners. Uh, <coughs> look. This roster is too good to punt on the season. If Trey Lance struggles early, well, guess what? They have a safety net in Jimmy Garoppolo. And we know that, say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo, with this roster, he's proven he wins games. At the end of the day, he wins games. That's a fact. Um, And with what they have on defense, Kyle Shanahan, an offensive head coach, um, You know, the weapons that they have with Kittle. Of course, the question is, can he stay healthy? Uh, I love the running back, Elijah Mitchell, uh, and the guy that he drafted last year out of Ohio State, (laughs) Trey Sermon. They actually cut
0: Trey Sermon. Um, They actually
1: cut him. What's up?
0: They actually cut Trey Sermon, which was interesting. But Sorry. Oh, they did?
1: Well, that's interesting. Uh, But I still love Elijah Mitchell. Some of the other guys that they have, they'll figure it out. I mean, they also use Debo Samuel in the running game as well. Um, offensive line will be good. Trent Williams still one of the best left tackles that we have in today's games. Uh, in today's game, um, Brandon Ayuk is a guy I love as a number two receiver behind Debo Samuel. Uh, and then you have George Kittle. Uh, the pass rush will be awesome. Um, I'm looking for another step out of Javon. Kinlaw, the guy out of South Carolina. Um, Obviously, Fred Werner, one of the best linebackers in the league, Um, manning the middle of that defense along with Dre Greenlaw. Uh, And then the back end, (coughs) you add um, Chavarius Ward in that secondary to go along with Jimmy Ward at safety. Um, I think it'll be a good It'll be a good secondary. Um, They don't have to be perfect with the pass rush that they have. I have them winning 11 games. I think Trey Lance is going to play well. And if he doesn't, we've seen what Jimmy Garoppolo is able to do with this roster already. So, I don't know. I like the 49ers and where they're going. I like their roster. And then the Cardinals, this is where we could have an interesting conversation. Look, I know DeAndre Hopkins is suspended the first what is it six games of the season you bring in marquise brown who already has (coughs) some previous experience some built-up chemistry with a guy like kyler murray Uh, (coughs) they check the boxes offensive head coach uh, dynamic quarterback Um, you still have receivers i think marquise brown is going to have the best year of his career and once um DeAndre Hopkins comes back along with the tight end that they have. I think it's Zaker still, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then solid running game with James Conner. <coughs> I think Cardinals are going to be one of those teams and we've seen in the past couple of years years um, get out of the gate fast. Now, it might not be to the extent that we've seen in past years just because of what their schedule presents early. But we know that this offense thrives in September and October. They're going to win some games. Um, and if my question with the Cardinals really isn't about um, <clears throat> anything to do with the roster, I love some of the young pieces that they have on defense and I'm just counting on them to step up. Uh, and even if they don't, I think Kyler's good enough uh, to win you games at quarterback. Um, But at the end of the day, to me, the question with the Cardinals is, what do you do in November and December Um, when the weather changes and it's a different type of game? We've seen them get hot early, come out of the gates hot. But Kingsbury's record after Thanksgiving is sort of that problem that a lot of other coaches who have been fired in years past have had. That's my question. What do they look like late in the season? But this is a team that made the playoffs. Last year, they have an offensive head coach, dynamic quarterback. They have weapons. Uh, They're going to score points, no doubt about it. The defense, there are question marks, but I do think at the end of the day, I don't know. I might be wrong, but I have them going 10-7, and splitting in the division just like you had at 3-3, and but maybe winning some of those 50-50 games that you have them losing. And I think that's just – Feel um, right and yeah. trust in Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll add one thing on the Cardinals as well. Um, it, uh, in terms of your question on what will they look like in November and December, I think it just comes down to can Cliff Kingsbury come up with the adjustments? Um, we've seen it in past years, they come into the season with. A great offensive game plan, a great offensive outlook. Um, and then later in the year, the teams figure out who they are, what they do, and they and they get the film on them and they know how to stop it. Um, and the Cardinals don't what either aren't able to adjust or they just don't. Um, and this is the year they have to be able to adjust. Um, and if they can't adjust, then, Then I think it'll lean more towards my prediction. But if they do adjust, I think they have, you know, the capability as much as anyone to, you know, be a a wild card team and a a pretty good wild card team at that.
1: Yeah, let me just add one more thing. Um, I know their schedule's brutal. I mean, they open up with. Kansas City, but at least they get that game at home uh, at Las Vegas and the Rams right off the bat. I mean, those are three games that if they don't play the way they're supposed to, they could for sure lose all three. And if they do, well, then we're automatically heading in your direction Um, because 0-3, I think, is just too big of a hole to dig yourself out of to get to the wild card spot in this conference with teams – I think are going to be in the hunt, like New Orleans, the Eagles, possibly some others. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But yeah, that schedule is brutal. But don't forget, and I'm not saying this is going to happen again, but the Cardinals last year, they played a tough schedule. And if you remember correctly, and I'm not saying this is going to happen again this season. I'm not predicting this whatsoever. But they came out of the gates and they were blow. Not only did they beat good teams, but they were blowing them out of the water. I mean, 38 to 13 at Tennessee in a road game week one. Uh, uh, they beat the Rams in week four, 37 to 20. They went on the road and beat what we thought was a good Cleveland team, 37 to 14. Um, <coughs> you know, they beat San Francisco on the road, 31 to 17. They were beating good teams last year. Uh, They beat the – I think there was one more. They beat Dallas late in the year, Um, and there are some others in there. But I don't – for me, I think they've proven uh, that they can hang with some of the other good teams in the NFC, and I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But I wouldn't doubt their ability to win some of those – 50-50 games, and that's why I ultimately have them (laughs) winning a couple more games than you do. But at the end of the day, it's the NFL, um, and either of us could be right at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's really just
0: predictions are what they are for a reason. It's just gut feel for the most part and just going off what we know. Um, so that's going to do it for the NFC. Um, now we're going to head <laughs> it over to the AFC. Now, um, where um, which division did you want to start with? Did you want to start with
1: the AFC East?
0: No, or, we're going to start south?
1: with the south. we're going to start with the South because we did okay. not yep. discuss the South yet. Go ahead, you yep. start see the
0: South. Okay. Um, for the South, I had the Colts winning the division at eleven and six. Uh, the Titans uh, in second at nine and eight. There's a bit just missing the playoffs. Um, the Jaguars at four and thirteen, and then the Texans at three and fourteen. Um, starting with the Colts, um, I just think Matt Ryan fits this team. Not only not only the play style of this team, the attitude of this team, but also just the scheme. Um, He really works well with middle of the field passing. Um, I think he's going to thrive in their play action game. Um, And I think he'll look fantastic behind this great Colts offensive line as well. Um, And then defensively, um, I really like their front seven. Um, You have uh, Shaquille Leonard, uh, formerly Darius Leonard, but changed his name during the offseason. Um, DeForest Buckner, wreaking havoc in the middle, defense in the middle of that defensive line. Um, then you know Quiddy Pay, second-year player. Um, and I believe it's still Justin Houston on the other side. I'm not entirely sure on that. I think he may have retired. Uh, but still a fantastic defensive line. Not the best in the league, but nowhere near the no League either. Like it's a they're no slouch. Um and then the secondary I think um is where I think they'll thrive the most. They really um, embrace the zone system. They play a lot of cover three. Um they really try to keep the off keep everything in front of them. They don't allow big plays. Um and I think with their ball control offense, that will pay dividends. Um, And then the Titans, um, I think the loss of Harold Lantry that just came out a few days ago with that torn ACL, I believe, um, that plays a huge role in this prediction. Um, Before that injury, I had the Titans as being one of the best front sevens in the entire NFL with Bud Dupree, with um, all those guys up front. Um, But now... I still do have a lot of questions. Um, I, I, it's not that I don't think the Titans are good. Um, I, I still do think they're a really good team, and they could make the playoffs. Uh, but I just think in this tough AFC, um, there's a lot of games that are just kind of in the balance. Um, I think, you know, there's a there's a few games that they could steal early, um, I think the opening part of the schedule is going to be extremely important to get off to a good start, particularly in the second, third, and fourth week games with the Bills, Raiders, and Colts back to back to back. Those are going to be three very important games. Um, then you have the Colts coming out of the bye week, week seven. Super important. And I think that's really going to decide their season. Um, those two games against the Colts and that stretch weeks 2 3 and 4 you know obviously that's super early in the season you could say you know they have a lot of time to recover why would you say that you know th- their season is over if they struggle in that stretch it's because they have forgotten <coughs> later um they play they're one of the divisions that, that plays the AFC West I believe no 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 actually no they uh no no they do they do play <laughs> the AFC West Um, And late in the year, they have the Chiefs, Broncos, back-to-back. Chiefs, Broncos, Packers, back-to-back-to-back. And then you play the Bengals, the Eagles, who I'm high on. And then you have a winnable game against the Jags. Then you play the Chargers. um, Weeks, I'd say, 9 through 12, realistically. Um, I really think that's another stretch that uh, could really make or break their season. I ultimately, I I think it's going to be tough. Um, The Jags, I I actually do think um, the outlook on the jazz on the Jags is positive right now. Um, For me personally, um, I see the (laughs) roster talent. I see the foundation there and I see um, where they're trying to go. But I don't think it'll translate to wins this year. Um, but I think it'll be way more positive than anything they could have imagined last year. I think Travis Lawrence will show him show signs at the very least. I think
1: uh,
0: at the most you could see this team possibly get into like six wins, six, seven wins. Um, but for me, I, I was just on the lower end. And but you know some of those possibly winnable games um, didn't go their way just because of how young and inexperienced they are. And then the Texans um, at three and fourteen. I I really don't have much to say on them. Um, I don't know what the outlook will be after this year. I just i i question so I question a lot of things with this team. I question you know where are they going to find their consistent offense? Obviously, you have Brandon Cooks and, you know, that rookie Damian Pierce who has looked great in training camp in the preseason. But outside of that, where are you getting um, the big plays from? Um, And then defensively, um, how are you going to, you know, be able to keep things under wraps? Um, they have a lot of young talent. I like a lot of their young talent defensively, actually. Um, but I just don't think they're there yet.
1: Go ahead. Are you there? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, we agree, I think, once again. I have the Colts winning the division at 11-6. Titans missing out on the the playoffs, but they still go 9-8. Jaguars 4-13, and and the exact same record for the Texans 3-14. Starting off, I guess, with the Colts. Uh, We know that they brought in Matt Ryan. Should be an upgrade just based on what you get. You know what you get on a week-to-week basis, and you have the running game in the offensive line that this year is coming in healthier than it was last year. Um, in the defense, I actually did not know that, uh, um, about the Darius Leonard, Shaquille Leonard situation until you brought it up. Um, I had to look it up. Um, he wants to be called Shaquille, which I think is his middle name, uh, Darius Shaquille Leonard. um So he didn't necessarily like change his name. Uh, He's just changing what he wants to be called uh, because that's what his family calls him. But yeah, I did not know about that. That's gonna be that's gonna take some getting used to. Um, But yeah, you have him on your defense if he stays healthy. um, With the pieces that they have, you know, you get a guy like Matt Eberflus uh, as your head coach. Defense is gonna be well coached, and I think you're gonna see less. sporadic play from the quarterback position. You have one of the best running backs in the league uh, with some nice receivers, Michael Pittman and others. So, yeah, it, I I was a believer in the Colts last year. Ultimately, uh, things didn't work out the way I thought they would. Um, but I think this year uh, they'll be in the playoffs. I have the Titans barely missing out. On the playoffs, but I have to believe in what I've seen from this team uh, year after year. The consistency of a guy, a head coach like Mike Vrabel, um, who I think is a top 10, top 12 coach in this league. Um, (coughs) uh, I love, even though you do lose A.J. Brown, I love you get a guy in Traylon Burks from Arkansas uh, in the first round, along with you bring over... uh, Robert Woods. He's coming off a knee injury. Uh, He'll need to be the leader of this revamped wide receiving core. But I think eventually you're going to see some good things from Robert Woods, uh, a reliable guy. And then Traylon Burks, uh, who I think is going to be an absolute stud. Uh, But it will take, there will be some growing pains. Uh, And then Austin Hooper, a free agent tight end who comes over, a nice little piece there. Um, So, yes, it's not as dangerous as it once was, but I do think getting a guy like Traylon Burks is huge for this offense. Um, and then Derrick Henry, if he's on the field, we all know that that presents. Um, so I think with that alone, and then the veteran you have at quarterback and Ryan Tannehill, what I've seen from Mike Rabel as a head coach, and then the defense, while you lose um, Harold Landry, uh, you still have bud dupree you still have um, some other guys up front that can get the job done uh, and then some of the young pieces in the secondary looking to take the next step um, caleb farley christian fulton Amani uh, hooker uh, <coughs> with more of a veteran guy like kevin byard so yeah i think uh it's a, it's a solid team. They'll win games. They do have a tough schedule. Uh, but I think they're capable with their head coach um, and the roster that they have. They're capable of winning games to keep their heads around 500, maybe even one game above 500. But I do think just with how low the AFC is in general, um, they're going to end up missing out on the playoffs. Um, the Jaguars, I do agree. Things are looking up. I love the hire of Doug Peterson. I think he's gonna do great things with Trevor Lawrence. You obviously went on an offseason spending spree to get some talents around um, Trevor Lawrence with some actual NFL, you know, ready talent, um, which I do like. Um, but you know, there are still questions. Um, and ultimately in the AFC with the <coughs> schedule that the AFC South is playing this year against the AFC. Um, West, um, I just think at the end of the day it's going to be tough for the Jaguars to end up winning a lot of games but the future is (laughs) bright and then the Texans not really much to say um, on the Texans to be honest with you Just, uh, I don't know man that's all I really can say I do like what I've seen from uh, the quarterback though Uh, I think he's got what's his name again? Davis Mills Davis Mills. (laughs) Yeah, that tells you all you need to know, folks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, I think he's he's fine. It's just you got to be more dynamic at all positions. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly.
0: Um, And just wanted to add one thing Um, to build on your point you made earlier about the Titans. Like, I think you could make the case that Rabel is even you know a top. Five ish coach, even like co- culture wise, I think you can make the case for sure. Um, I think you know there is the biases towards you know offensive coaches, and he's he's not that, but you know he's been very consistent with his teams year over year, even with all the roster turnover. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really high on Mike Rabel even though I do have the Titans. Um, missing out on the playoffs this year. Um, Okay, so that's going to do it for the AFC South. Um, Let's move to the North. Yes, let's move over to the AFC North. Um, Let me just mark the timestamp. I'll just let you start off with the North.
1: All right, so for the North, I have the defending AFC champions, um, Cincinnati Bengals. Really like what they got. I think they got better in the offseason, 13 and 4. I have the Ravens making the playoffs this year as a wild card at 11 and 6. I have the Steelers missing the playoffs, finishing third in the division at 8 and 9. And then I have the Browns um, starting slow, but I do think they'll make a little late season run towards the end once they get Deshaun Watson. back from suspension uh, and finish seven and ten.